0: Hello and welcome to Core Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson, and I'm the founder of Core Women, and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So, if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, Core Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity. It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show I'd like to welcome Heidi Swing, who is a Sunday Times best-selling author. She writes for Simon and Schuster. She lives in Norfolk, England. She has two grown children, is passionate about gardening, Collects vintage paraphernalia, and just released her new book, The Christmas Wishlist. Let's get right into the interview because we have so much to talk about. Welcome, Heidi.
1: Hi, hello. It's so good to finally get the chance to speak to you. I know, I'm so excited.
0: Oh my gosh. So let's talk about your journey as a writer and how it all began.
1: Okay. Um, well, I always wanted to be a writer, I guess, ever since when I was a really young girl. I was an avid collector of notebooks, but I never actually plucked up the courage to write anything in them for fear of making a mistake. So I always knew what I wanted to do, but it took me an awfully long time to pluck up the courage and kind of actually go for it. It was a it was a big birthday I had looming, and I thought, if I don't make a start now, then I, I'm never going to do it. Um and I enrolled on a local creative writing course at the Adult Education Center, and that was fantastic. I kind of found my feet there, um, and then I decided that I wanted to move on from writing shorter pieces to find my hand at a novel, and once I'd written the first one, I decided to have a go and do the next one, and it's kind of grown from there, I guess.
0: Yes, it's really blossomed. You've written, what, 10 books so
1: far? Um, Yeah. uh, The Christmas wish list is number nine. So number nine has now been published. Number 10 is going through the editing stage and number 11 is just being planned out. So yeah, it's been been a busy few
0: years. Oh, indeed. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to take a step back. So you got your degree in, in literature. Is that correct? Yep. That's right. Okay. And then you also,
1: after that at some point, now what year was it that you took the writing course? Um oh gosh, that's a good question. Let me think. Um, it was probably about 2013, I would guess. Wow. Oh my goodness.
0: You have had some busy years following that writing course.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean (laughs) the the Cherry Tree Cafe, which was the first book that I had published, that came out in 2015. Okay. Um, So I've pretty much been writing two books a year, a summer book and a Christmas book ever since then. Wow, that is
0: amazing, Heidi. Now, how did you do that? How did you juggle that? And number one, how did you pitch this and query? Did you do it in the traditional way? Did you do your
1: first book? How did you do it? Well, I wrote a book called The Cherry Tree Cafe. And I was, you know, it was at a time when cafe books were very popular uh, and I was very pleased with it. So I joined the Romantic Novelists Association. They have a new writer's scheme. So they take on a couple of hundred new writers every year and you get the opportunity to submit a book for critique by an author who's already published. Um, it's It's just a fantastic scheme. So I submitted the Cherry Tree to that and I had a really great report come back. Um, and then I'd worked on the edits and things that they suggested my publisher had um, Simon and Schuster had a one-day call an open submission day so you didn't have to have an agent or anything you could just submit your um, synopsis and the first few chapters of your book and if they liked it they would get in touch so um, I sort of plucked up my courage I guess and submitted the cherry tree and a few weeks later they emailed me asking me to go down to London for a meeting and it all snowballed from there that is
0: a crazy and amazing and fabulous that program that you are in is such a an interesting program in that you have a mentor in a sense
1: yeah which is yeah, fantastic was, the, the romantic novelist association here in the uk is so so supportive um it's a great mix of people who are at all different points on their publishing journey and we all support each other which is fantastic it's a very it's a very supportive tribe if you like um you know so i'm, I'm still a member of that now and we meet to socialize and we meet locally because writing can be a very lonely business you're you're on your own sure. in front of your computer so it, you know it's nice to have your have your friends nearby and meet up every so often to have a, a chat and celebrate successes and have a moan if things aren't going so well it's a it's a really important supportive network
0: absolutely it sounds like it number one it sounds very supportive and then number two it's like you can also be a mentor to somebody else maybe in the future correct
1: yeah absolutely I mean I haven't joined um the new writers as a reader myself I just don't feel as if I've got the time to be able to commit. right to that. but within our t- there. Uh, um, as I say, we've got all, people on all different points of their journey. So it's really good to kind of share the knowledge that you've picked up along the way with them. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a very supportive group. It's great.
0: That's fabulous. That is
1: wonderful. And And how did you even find them? You know, I can't even remember. I think it probably would have been a fellow author, possibly somebody like Mandy Baggett or Millie Johnson. They might have put me onto it and said, you know, this is a, this is a great organisation to be a part of. But I have found that right from the beginning, even when I've contacted published authors online through Twitter and Facebook and things, everybody has been really, really supportive. And that's... Kind of made a huge difference to my um, my courage and my determination. They made me think right from the beginning that if I wanted it badly enough, then I could do it and and
0: that is fabulous. Thank you for mentioning that because I think it is so important for people to know that if you reach back, people do reach back to you that 's important because, like you said in the beginning of this interview you 're very tentative you didn 't know where to start you were overwhelmed you just kind of feared starting, oh, yeah. where to begin. And yeah. I hear that a lot. And I think we get in, sometimes get in the way of ourselves and our success because of fear.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that was, you know, that was the thing that was holding me back for so long. I, I didn't, on the one hand, I didn't know where to start or how to start. Um, and I was afraid of making mistakes, but there were so many people just saying, you know, just, just go for it, just right. you know, give it a go. You've got absolutely nothing to lose. And once I just kind of embraced that and I knew that I had those people supporting me, then it was easier to carry on. Absolutely. You know, those support
0: systems are so valuable and you're absolutely correct in that when you're a writer, it's isolating. Yeah. And, or it can be isolating. So do what you can to reach out to your community to create a network of support because it is so important because the more more we isolate, I think not that we can't be successful. It's just that it doesn't help our progress. So when you reach out to other folks, they're encouraging, they give you tips, they mentor you in, in different ways. And so it's so valuable to have that network of support. Now, I know that you, in your spare time, whatever that means, you have <laughs> hobbies such as gardening and collecting vintage paraphernalia. Where do you yeah. even find the time to do that, number one? And number two, what kind
1: of paraphernalia do you collect? Okay, um, well, I mean, time, crikey, we would all <laughs> love a clone, wouldn't we? Wouldn't that be wonderful if we could kind of have a clone and have twice as much time as we actually right. have? Um, I, I found that because I used to work part time as a teaching assistant for children with special needs, and I had about six books published before I gave that up. Wow! Um, so I, you know, I used to write from five o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock before I went to work, and then I would carry on in my car at lunchtime, and then again in the evenings. And I, I don't wow. have to do that now. I don't have to do that now because right. I write full time.
0: You were a go getter.
1: Now, you know, you once I made that decision that you know there was nothing that was nothing that was going to stop me. That was that was my goal. That was my priority. And I think you want something badly enough. You have to set your heart on it and and commit to achieving it. I love that expression: the harder that you work, the luckier you get. I you know I really believe that. Right. Um, So now I I do have more time, and I can structure my time now. Um, But you can't sit and write all day well at least i can't you know i like to sit down early um and i will probably work until lunchtime i'll have a late lunch and i'll do a bit of admin and things in the afternoon record lovely podcasts like this or write blog posts um but it's really important to factor in that downtime as well and that's when the gardening comes in when the weather's good enough and the shopping for vintage and stuff like that You, you need to mix things up a bit otherwise you very quickly get drawn into doing nothing but work, and that 's not good for us that's that's not ideal, right, but in the beginning, would you say that when you were doing
0: your assistant teaching and you were writing before work and during your lunch period and then after work per se, that you did have to really kind of juggle a lot because that was the beginning stages of I want to do this, but I need to keep this job, and I want to you know also write this book so you did have to kind of juggle your time so you're you had a different strategy at that point than you do now
1: yeah I think I think you're probably right there it was you know it was full-on commitment Um I was very fortunate that my work colleagues at the school were very very supportive of what I was doing um, and obviously you're working a school day so you're there kind of from eight till half three and as right. I say that was three days a week so I still had two full days to um work on the writing at home as well but yes it was a, it was a different time I guess and right. it needed to be full-on commitment I think I have got better balance now than I had in the beginning right. but I would also have to say that it's really easy when you're writing a first draft in particular it's really easy to get sucked into sitting there for hours on end and not factoring in those proper breaks and you have to kind of be quite strict about that and careful about that that you don't become so immersed in what you're doing that you haven't got room for anybody or anything else
0: right no you're absolutely right about that I find myself sometimes even now just because of my work ethic just kind of going through and making sure I don't get up off the desk you know yeah um, until I'm finished. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and you do you, need to take and Yeah those you breaks. you have
1: to think about your your physical health as well absolutely. as your mental health. Yeah I do um I do a pilates class once a week now. I've done that for oh gosh must be coming up for 3 years and that's made a huge difference you know to just how my shoulders work how yes. my neck, work, <laughs> neck yes. works. it's it's really important to to keep an eye on your posture and everything else when you spend all that time at a keyboard too. Oh you're absolutely
0: right and the, I think that's a great tip because the more you know, as a writer, as a student, as a, we spend more time at these electronics, at these computers, at these laptops, and we find ourselves going more forward, more forward. So, you know, and being more intense and not blinking and not having, not sitting ergonomically correctly. So it's, it really does take a toll on your spine, your back, your neck, your head, you know, so you have to be conscious of that stuff. So that's great that you've come up with a strategy and with a plan of action to really take care of your wellness during this, this process too. So yeah. you also have two grown children and I know a mischievous cat named Storm, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what type of shenanigans does Storm get caught up in?
1: <laughs> oh, she's, do you know what? She is the sweetest little cat. I think we've had her <laughs> how long have we had her? Probably getting on for five years now. She was a rescue kitten. She was born in um, an air conditioning shaft in wow. a Norwich car park of all places. Um, and she was kind of like the scrawny little kitten. She was very thin and not very pretty and nobody wanted her. So we oh. brought her home. She was the cat for us.
0: Oh, yay. Yay. Oh. Fantastic. I love that story. She's just,
1: she is just, she was the underdog or the undercat. In uh, undercat. Case, I guess you'd say. <laughs> but she's, um, Oh, she's just the sweetest and she's very kind and gentle. Um, She's good fun too, but she's just, she's a very, very sweet cat. She's no bother at all. She's the perfect companion.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Now tell us a little bit about your newly released book, The Christmas Wishlist.
1: Oh, I love this book. I know I'm biased, <laughs> but I do. I love this book. I have been very, very fortunate over the years in that my readers have completely fallen in love with this little town called Winbridge that I've created. Mm. And every time I say, right, we're going to go back to Winbridge for the next book, everyone is so excited about yes. that. It, it's amazing. Um, but this time I wanted us to have a completely new setting and brand new characters um lots of the characters who pop up have already featured in previous books some have been main characters some have been slightly less important but they all still pop up they all still have a role to play um and so in this book there's a school setting funnily enough i always knew i would end up writing a school (laughs) book at some point right Um, And of course the school is a fantastic place to be in the run up Christmas with all the excitement from oh, the children absolutely.
0: yes yes absolutely you're kind of going back to your roots too
1: yeah absolutely and that you know that's been really fun to re- to recreate um and we've got Hattie who's a very young woman and her best friend is Dolly who's coming up to 80 so it's just all about that intergenerational friendship and the importance of that um and then of course we have Beamish, the wonderful love interest and God. Jonathan the not so wonderful love interest. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's lots of festive feeling in there. There are all the town traditions, but there's some important messages too about friendship um, and about following your heart, really. Right.
0: Well, I love those themes and how perfect during this season as well, because so many people, they want to feel fulfilled. They want messages. They want to, you know, it's a romantic time. And what boy, what a book to release during this time. So congratulations on your new book thank you. My last question, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be?
1: Oh, um, okay. I think, um, I think the most important thing that I can share from the journey that I have been on so far is that if you carry something in your heart that you really want to do, you have to go for it. It's never too late. It doesn't matter when you start, but it's all about starting and giving it your all and giving it your best and you will succeed. But if you don't make a start, if you don't put it off, if you do put it off rather, you're not going to get there. So just go for it. Whatever it is, go for it. Fabulous. Thank you,
0: Heidi, for joining me on the Core Women Podcast today. I really appreciate your time.
1: My absolute pleasure. It's been wonderful to talk to you.
0: Thank you. If you'd like to know more about Heidi Swain, please follow her on Twitter and Facebook and go to her website at www.heideswayne.co.uk and check out her amazing books on Amazon today. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, Send me a video or an email of your story, providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at corewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag core women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about core women and please stay tuned for continued growth of the core women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.